And so we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts will be acceptable, Lord, in your sight, our King and our Redeemer. So anybody recognize this uh, picture on the screen with three crosses? I'll give you a clue. It's somewhere in Norfolk. I don't know if anybody has been there to Walsingham. Oh, you got it. Yeah. Uh, and um, last week, Janice and I had a few days in Norfolk, and for the first time we went there. And um, for many people, this is a place that they go back to again and again, a place uh, of pilgrimage, as we've been thinking about in our psalm. And I wonder maybe in your uh, minds, you might think of a place that you go back to again and again, perhaps somewhere back in childhood or somewhere that is a special place to you. There are such places, there are memories, there are good memories uh, that we have that we want to uh, go back to and to relive again. And Psalm 84 that we've read is a celebration of a very special place. It's a celebration of the place that the people of Israel went back to again and again, a place of pilgrimage. Uh, to go back to the city of Jerusalem, to go back to the temple, to the dwelling place of God. And the psalm, it's a wonderful psalm. It's the psalm set for today. It's also one of my favorite psalms, and I was inflicting uh, before the service the Scottish metrical version of this psalm on my colleagues uh, because it's deep within me. Uh, this, how lovely. No, okay. <laughs> I thought he would stop me. Um, and uh, it's, it's a psalm that just gets this picture into our minds uh, of a place for Israel and for the people of Israel. There was nowhere like this, a place that God had chosen uh, to be, a house that he would dwell in. And it's a psalm that's got a kind of longing I'm, I'm there and I'm going there, but I want more. My heart yearns. I'm, I'm looking for God. I want to experience more of God. And probably there's something within us that wants to express that. And our, our first uh, song was so good at expressing that, this house where God... Um, Margaret, you've got all the songs there. Let me just get that first one. Um, yeah. Uh, let us build a house. That's right, yes. Let us build a house where love can dwell. It's a fantastic um, hymn, this built of hopes and dreams and visions, where the love of Christ shall end divisions. These are amazing words, actually, uh, in, this, uh, in this song. All are welcome. All are welcome in this place. And it was uh, the kind of place where people went, uh, but also in the psalm, did you notice something else? Uh, not only people were there, but also the sparrows found a place. And the swallow was building a nest. Now, unfortunately, when I thought about this, my mind went more uh, to our older churches where the bats uh, are taking up refuge. And this is uh, a whole uh, way of trying to find out how to deal with uh, the bats. And uh, so probably today we wouldn't just be quite so excited if the sparrows and the swallows and the bats were all finding a place uh, within our 
church here, but it does give us a feeling of how God wants to embrace not only us as people, but the whole of creation uh, to be loved and treasured, as uh, the song again says, and to meet with God. This is what it's all about, really. It's, it's great to have a building, and it's wonderful to have uh, the cross out there now that we can see so clearly. But all of this is to help us to meet with God, who is described in the psalm as my king and my God. God who is overall and yet who is the personal God who we can have a relationship with. And that's just a wonderful thing to think about as we are together in worship. There are special places. Uh, we believe this is a place uh, because it has been built to the glory of God, that it is a place where we can meet with God. There are retreat centers, and some of us are going to uh, Lond Abbey later. There are places where we can go. But as we journey, we don't just journey to come to church, we don't just journey to go to Lond Abbey or to Walsingham or to some special place. We're actually journeying through life. And as I was thinking about this idea of being on pilgrimage, this is what the, the psalm says, our hearts are set on pilgrimage. I thought, actually, it's true of us all. We're all pilgrims. We're all making a journey. We're making our journey through life. And where are we making the journey? Well, we're making the journey, says the psalm, through the valley of Baca. And the idea of the valley of Baca is actually the idea of weeping. Baca is associated with weeping, with tears. And so I thought, this is a picture of what life is like in this world. It isn't all joy. It isn't all wonderful. There are times of weeping. There are times of pain. And David, in one of the other Psalms, Psalm 56, says this to God, you have kept count of the ways I have tossed at night. And it's a, it's a picture of worry and of distress, tossing at night. And David says in Psalm 56, you have put my tears in your bottle. It's a very vivid kind of uh, picture that, that, that God's got this bottle, perhaps a bottle for each one of us. And as we uh, go through the, the valley of Baca, as we go through the weeping, he actually takes the tears and he puts them. And the idea is he cherishes them. He doesn't reject our tears. And our life is lived in a world of suffering. Perhaps our own individual lives, we, we may or may not experience uh, a huge amount of suffering personally, but in this world, there is the valley of Baca, isn't there? There is weeping. There are experiences of pain. And there's also our own sin and our feeling of sorrow for our sins and our tears as we think of the things that we've done wrong personally. And in the fourth century, a great preacher, John Chrysostom, said the fire of sin is intense. It's a picture uh, of sin as a fire, as a powerful thing, uh, sin in ourselves, sin in this world. But he says, this fire is put out by tears. So as we think about the things we've done wrong, or the wrong in the world, and as uh, our tears are shed, so he says, that fire of sin is put out. 
But the Valley of Baca, that's why we have our prayers of intercession, our prayers for others in our services, because we recognize the needs of the world. But also in the psalm, through the Valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. And this is another picture. Uh, The autumn rains also cover the valley with pools or with blessings. It actually has a reference to blessings. So there is transformation of the suffering when we bring it to God. And the transformation that comes, particularly as we read through the Bible, is the transformation towards a new picture of what it means to be in God's presence. And in the New Testament particularly, the picture of what it means to be in God's presence is to be where Jesus is in the middle of us. Because Jesus speaks of himself as the temple. So in the Old Testament, it was very strongly the physical temple. But in the New Testament, the physical temple, the expression of God, is in Jesus. John chapter 2, Jesus speaks about that. And then even more daring uh, is how Paul describes we as being the temple. The people of God together as being God's temple, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So a day that is spent in your courts, a day that is spent in your house, which is better than a thousand elsewhere, is actually this kind of time when we are with each other. This is the special time. Uh, Eugene Peterson in the message translates it, one day spent in your house uh, in the beauty of worship beats thousands spent on Greek island beaches. Now, if you love the Greek island beaches, that's great. But even more wonderful is to know that our lives are shared with each other, that God's temple is in the hearts of people, transformed by his love, transformed by his grace. Let us build this house beyond the wood and stone, says our song, to heal and strengthen, serve and teach, and live the world they've known. Here the outcast and the stranger bear the image of God's face. Let us bring an end to fear and danger. All are welcome. All are welcome in this place. Isn't that what Jesus was about? To bring people to himself, to see people's lives transformed by his presence. This is the joy of what it means to be together. Happy are those, blessed are those, happy are those who live in your house ever singing your praise. And this isn't an escapism. Some people think, ah, you know, it's really because the world is a very nasty place, so we need to get together, or this is what Christians do, to get together to shut it all out and uh, just to have a happy time together. That isn't what it's about. It is the sense that in the presence of God, things look different. Things are approached from a different standpoint. And so in the world, in the pilgrimage of the world, we are able to make a difference because we have been together in God's presence. And also to welcome everyone into God's presence. So this psalm uh, is a psalm that has uh, the picture, which is wonderful, and yet the challenge also. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives in you. So what difference is that going to make in the world? Because it should make a difference. 
The psalm also says, as well as a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than live in the tents of the wicked. And uh, we might think, who's the doorkeeper? Is that just one or two people like Ian who welcome people at uh, the beginning of the service or Jason or other people on the team of welcomers to welcome people into the house of God? Well, that's good, but of course a door can be closed, so it's not just a doorkeeper to close the door that we're talking about, Uh, it is something more than that. It is a doorkeeper that understands the function of a door, and as I thought about this, I thought about um, somebody who died over 40 years ago called Samuel Shoemaker, and you may... uh, know him if you know anything about the story of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, because he was the person really who had the vision uh, of how people's lives could be changed who had uh, been taken up and overcome by alcohol. Uh, But over 40 years ago when he died, he was remembered for that, but also for the fact that the churches that he led, because he was an Episcopal minister and evangelist, that the churches that he led with his wife, who was a writer and a sculptor, and also a church leader, they had a vision that they worked out, uh, not only of being a church together, but a church in the community. Uh, If you haven't come across more of what Sam Shoemaker did, uh, it's an inspiring story. Uh, And he wrote, as well as being so active in the community, over 30 books, uh, books on becoming a Christian, books on discipleship, on the church, and a great book, in my view, Uh, called With the Holy Spirit and With Fire. And he was taken up with this idea of the door. He thought, what kind of doors do we have uh, in our churches? What kind of doors do we have in our lives? And he wrote a poem uh, called I Stand by the Door. And uh, his biography is actually called I Stand by the Door. And so when we think about what it means to be a doorkeeper, this is something for each one of us. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. And this is what Sam said as he meditated on these words. He said, I stand by the door. I neither go too far in nor stay too far out. The door is the most important door in the world. It is the door through which men and women walk when they find God. There's no use my going so far inside and staying there when many are still outside and they crave to know where the door is. All that so many ever find is the wall where the door ought to be. And they creep along the wall with outstretched, groping hands, feeling for a door, knowing there must be a door, yet never finding it. So I stand by the door. The most tremendous thing in the world is for people to find that door, the door to God. The most important thing anyone 
can do is to take hold of one of these hands, those blind and groping hands, and put it on the latch. I admire the people who go way in, but I wish they would not forget how it was before they got in, that they would be able to help the people who have not yet even found the door. As for me, I will take my accustomed place, near enough to God to hear him and to know he is there, but not so far from other people as not to hear them, thousands of them, millions of them, but more important for me, one of them, two of them, ten of them, whose hands I am intended to put on the latch. I had rather be a doorkeeper. So I stand by the door. The door which reminds us that Jesus said, I am the door. And anyone who wants to come to the Father comes through me. But we can be the doorkeepers. We can open the door for others. Others seeking God. Others on pilgrimage. Others in the dry valley. The valley of Baca who are weeping. To open the door so that people might find a home.